no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, uh, we, the bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. Oh! One more time. Oh! One more time. Welcome to the Barry Sentience. On today's show, we discuss our keys to a Chicago Bears resurgence this season and much, much more. What's happening, Perez? Hey, man, I'm good, man. Good to hear from you. Audience, I'm back from Vegas. Back from that desert. <laughs> Cooled off, man, because the weather out here, uh, man, in Chicago has been around the, the low 80s, man. I've been able to ease back into it, bro. So I'm good over here, man. That's good to hear, man. So how bad was that weather out there in Vegas? So you know what? The one day when we when we recorded, it was super hot, and when I landed on the we were sitting. So I got, I got a story to tell. It, it, it's, it's quite long, so I'm gonna shorten it up the, the best way I can. We were sitting on the tarmac for a little bit of time, man, and you know it's hundred degree heat and shit like out there, right? And I'm like, bruh, can we get off this fucking plane already? <laughs> so, so that's when when we recorded the show, I was fresh off of sitting on the tarmac for about twenty minutes because they were waiting for a gate for us because right. it was like busy. Dan, I don't know if you saw this, Doug, but apparently that same weekend that I was in Vegas, a Delta flight got stuck on the tarmac for four hours. Heard about that. Jeez. Four yeah. hours? Bro, fuck that. I, I would have, I would have, they'd like, get me off this fucking plane. I, right. I would have hurt somebody. I would have hurt somebody, Doug. Four hours? They said it was like triple, it was like 114 degrees and people was in that plane with no air conditioning, no water. I would have lost my mind. I can't lie to you. So my little 20 minutes when I was all like a little hot and and because it, it's funny, dude, when, from getting my bag to getting my Uber and getting over to the hotel. And then we did the show like 15 minutes after I checked in. So I was just a little frazzled at that point when we did that show because your boy Prez, man, I was literally going from here to here to here. I was all over the place. Yeah, you were, man, because you was texting me, Dub. I'm on my way. I'm on my way. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, give me 10 minutes. Give me 10 right. minutes. <laughs> and I appreciate the effort you put into it, too, bro. Of course, man. Of course, man. Like like I said, man, we, we owe it to the audience, man. They they listen to us every week faithfully, right? And so yep. it's the least I could do. You know, I know there's a lot of shows out here that they're not consistent. You know, they do what they do. But at least over here, I try to at least make sure, man, we get a show in, whether it's every week. And if we happen to miss a week, then we do at least an extended show just to make it up to y'all. You know what I'm saying? A little bribery don't hurt nobody, Doug. Not at all, man. Not at all. But, man, hey, man, without further ado, man, let's jump into this show because this week, man, we got a lot to unpack. The first thing I wanted to get your thoughts on, A-Dub. Now, we've talked a lot about Kyler Gordon in the slot. we talked a lot about potentially having Tyreek Stevenson being the start over at the opposite corner of Jalen Johnson. Right. But, but now we see where Ryan Poles is expressing interest in a certain veteran slot corner. This tells me that the core we have, the group we have, just might not be good enough, Prez, for us to look elsewhere. I know we made some good moves in drafting right and all that good stuff, but again, we're trying to compete and win right now. So if we're trying to do that, we got to look at the outside opposite of Jalen Johnson. We know we got in him, but looking across, you got to think about, hey, is Vildor enough? 
is the rookies enough? You may find out that, hey, that might not be the case. We're looking for someone to come in and get the job done right now immediately. So what this tells me, the Bears are looking at, hey, bolstering up this secondary. I think the other part of it is if you look at the secondary as a whole, especially at the cornerback position, it's young, bro. I mean, yep. Jalen Johnson's a young cat. Tyree Stevens is young. Kyler Gordon's young. So I think going after potentially the target from Pittsburgh, he's an experienced guy. He's been in the league for a little while. He comes from a great system there in Pittsburgh. True. I think that brings them veteran leadership. And again, you guys heard me last week when I talked about Eddie Jackson and what he can bring to that secondary as a whole. But I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to bring some leadership within that cornerback position. So I think this is, is signaling to us that maybe from a talent standpoint, they feel good about things. But I think from a youth and inexperienced standpoint, they would like to get a little bit older, maybe at that position. Wiser and depth, right? <laughs> Having that piece on top of that. So if we can do that, if it makes sense for us, I'm cool with it because to your point, I like some of the young talent. You've hit the head, Tyreek Stevenson. I think that guy's going to be nice down the road. Kyler Gordon, I still I think highly of him. But some of those guys still need to get polished, right? Still need to continue to get better. But we know with any of these type of things, it's going to come down to money. Millette, he asked out of Pittsburgh. He asked for them to release him. But the one thing that I think of with a situation like this, Jacksonville's also looking at him as well, but he understands the situation. And from what I understand about him, he has no problem mentoring younger players. He's done it in Pittsburgh already. So mm -hmm. he, if he comes here to Chicago, yeah, he'll probably be able to compete with Kyler Gordon, but we know it's Kyler Gordon's job to lose. But it doesn't hurt to bring competition in. A-Dub and I, we've talked about it on the show, ad nauseum. Competition is the name of the game, especially when you have a team like the Bears that are coming off a 3 or 14 season. Nobody nope. should be sitting here thinking, like, well, I got a job on lock. Nobody. That's true. Nobody should feel safe at this point uh, based upon how our team played last season. And to your point, Perez, second day, a big part of what we're trying to accomplish. And you look at, like you said, some of the players we already have right now, it may not be enough. And I like the fact that the coaching is looking outside that. My only concern was that, hey, do we want another guy from Pittsburgh? <laughs> Ouch. Listen, listen, listen to the shade by A-Dub. I'm sorry, man. I couldn't resist, bro. Okay, now I'm just going to say this. On this day, July 21st, 2023, A-Dub has taken his first shot at Chase Claypool. So A-Dub <laughs> and audience, we're going to remember this moment because when Chase Claypool quiets a lot of his critics this year, I'm going to, listen, I'm going to remind A-Dub of those words. Carry on. Fair enough. Fair enough. Hold me <laughs> accountable. <laughs> you ain't the only one that's thinking that way, A-Dub. We rooted for the guy Claypool, but at the end of the day, man, we want somebody for sure that can come in, of course, and execute. We want somebody that really can do the job because we know how tough it's going to be. Like I said before, Perez, when it comes down to cornerbacks in this league, man, things happen, and we know we don't need depth for sure. I can't put all of the work on Kyler Gordon at the slot. He may need to take, you know, let someone come in behind him, right, and do the job very well. So giving somebody to come in to do that, to help out Kyler Gordon, that's good because I don't want to overwork the young fella either, right, at the slot. Well, we got to think about this. You know, I talked about the age of the uh, the cornerback position. You got two rookies, Tyreek Stevens and Terrell Smith, right? Yep. Now, <laughs> not just those two, but Kyler Gordon's only his second year in the league. So – to your point, I think it would be a great move for Ryan Poles to pull the trigger on. But we know that Ryan Poles is not going to overpay on someone. He's not Ryan Pace. 
You know, Ryan right. Pace would outbid himself for free agency. Ryan Poles ain't about to do that. So if Jacksonville offers something crazy, Ryan Poles will be like, all right, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to move on <laughs> to the next target. You know? <laughs> exactly. I got to give Ryan Poles a lot of credit with that, friends. I understand he ticked off a couple of players on our team, you know, former players, when it comes down to uh, money. But <laughs> at the end of the day, I get his idea, right? He doesn't want to handicap this franchise that you always talk about, Perez, handicapping us to these big, crazy contracts. Yeah, because that shit, he had to clear the deck of all Ryan Pace's nonsense, right? And right. I, I know that wasn't popular at the time when he traded Roquan Smith. And listen, we don't, still don't know how that trade's going to look, you know, going forward in the future. But at least on paper, I mean, it's just hard to justify paying a, a linebacker at Roquan Smith situation the kind of money that Roquan Smith was asking for. When right. you got past the sentimental aspect of it, because we all loved Ro. Yep. But it's just one of those things that Ryan Poles just don't get his feelings like that. You know, and so <laughs> these guys that are up for contracts right now, Dub, Mooney, Komet, hey, y'all better perform because Ryan Poles don't get no fuck about, oh, the fan base likes this player and the fan base feels this kind of way about money move. Ryan Poles is like, shit, if you don't get the job done, I'm not offering you shit. <laughs> and if I feel like you haven't done your job well enough, that price tag is a little bit lower. Maybe not be what not what you probably want to see or hear, but that's just the name of the game, man. And I gotta give Ryan Post some credit for this part, for his of trying to look at this thing objectively. Oh, he definitely looks at it objectively. Like I said, man, that man shrewd. He he's shrewd with it. So we'll see what happens. But I would love to see them bring in a little bit of a veteran leader to help out Eddie Jackson because obviously, audience, you guys heard me talk about Eddie Jackson last week. Eddie Jackson, in my opinion, as I said last week, is one of the most important players on the team. And you heard what my man Eddie Jackson had to say this week, Doug. Woo. He told people, get ready. Mark Woo. his words. Man, Eddie Jackson came with the fire, bro. He pretty much said he's going to have one of the best seasons ever played by safety. He put that down on Twitter. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. You Hey, you got to back those words up. That's not a pressure, too, Perez. Can he really back that up, man? We really going to see. Well, I'll tell you one thing, Doug. If anybody could do it, I, I I wouldn't bet against him. I mean, we, <laughs> hey, we, hey, we know how Eddie Jackson, when he entered the league, man, he entered the league, man, and he set the league on fire at that safety position. And we know that he's had some underperformance seasons. All this, I know. You guys can all call me out because I went after him, but rightfully so. Yep. However. I'm going to sit up here and tell y'all just like this. If Eddie Jackson can just back up part of what he said on Twitter, talking about how he wants to what, – what, what was the words again, A-Dub? This dude said, Perez, I'm going to have one of the best seasons ever played by a safety. Ever. 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 If, if he could just somewhat come close to whatever the hell that means. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I don't even <laughs> It sounds awesome, though. It sounds right. great. But, dude, if he had come anywhere close to that A-Dub, my Lord, man, the Bears' defense is going to be, man, top, top, what, top top three in the league? You know what I'm saying? Like, what are we talking about? But my thought process, where the hell did that come from to even feel the need to put this out there? Are you feeling that confident in yourself? Are you feeling that confident in the defense? What's up with that? I think what it is, man, the guy's got a chip on the show. I still think he doesn't like the way things went down after he signed that big contract. 
I think that he thinks that a lot of people kind of like sleeping on him a little bit. And honestly, I like players, man, when they got a chip on their shoulder. You got something to prove. You got something to prove, eh, Doug? I don't mind having something to prove, but damn, you say ever. <laughs> you set the bar pretty high. <laughs> well, you know what I'm saying? Remember D. Rose, why can't I be MVP? Yeah. Now can he do it? That's the thing, man. I, I love guys that set goals for themselves. I mean, dude, when you and I started doing this podcast, I know it was during the pandemic and you and I just love the Bears. And we were just like, man, why not just do a little something to have some fun? And then we started getting some couple people listening. And we like, wait a minute, people actually like us. They like the show. Yeah. I'm like, well, duh, man, we, we could do something with this thing. Yes, sir. Now, and now we got a top 10 Chicago Bears podcast. And I'm not just saying it's it, Chicago. This is nationally. Yeah, top 10 Chicago Bears podcast, you know. So it's one of those things that I feel like you have to set goals, right? You can't yeah. just be doing stuff in this, all right, whatever comes of it comes. No. Uh-uh. Listen, we like to have fun with this thing, but we're also competitive dudes, audience. You know what I mean? Dub ain't out here trying to take no L's. No, not at all. Prayers, not at all, man. And to that point, Prayers, I can understand Eddie Jackson a lot better based upon how you just described it, how the picture you just painted right there, because that confidence level in yourself, your abilities, and the hard work you put into it, right? Because you are not putting a lot of hard work into what we do, bro, every That's day. Right. You know? Every day. Every day. <laughs> so. I can understand Eddie Jackson, why he's feeling so confident. The fact that he may feel like I'm 100% healthy at this point. I've, I've been putting the work in. I'm ready, man. I'm ready to go to war, ready to battle. And when you got that kind of confidence in yourself, man, that speaks volume. You don't just have it overnight. It's because you've been putting that work in, that time and that effort, man, to get better. I was already calling him one of the more important players, but she, he even put the bulls on his own back. So I'm like, all right, <laughs> Go for it, Eddie. Shit, go for it. Absolutely. But it's just one of those things, man, A-Dub, that I just – I really think that last year this team lacked a lot of oomph. Like, I just thought it was just like a flat line outside of Justin Fields, you know, doing what he was doing, running the football. I just thought the team was just kind of flat. And yeah. I already like the fact, man, that we already got guys out here now making comments. You know what I'm saying? Giving sound bites. You know what I'm saying? Showing that they got some life. Eddie Jackson. Justin Fields out here talking some good shit, man. He even got Colin Cowherd out here calling him out, which Colin Cowherd, that's what he does. You know what I'm saying? Talking heads. This is like these guys, man, with ESPN and Fox and all these places. These fuckers, man, they don't know anything about fucking football and sports, you know. But then they get people like us to talk about them, and that's what they want. But, you know, say we're going to humor you because you ain't going to talk about our quarterback now. You going to talk about our quarterback. I thought he went too far, man. I thought you thought you thought <laughs> he went too far, friends. There you, you go. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Correct yourself. <laughs> Telling my man he's not a top five running quarterback. You know, tell my man what he say he's lacking in, you know, uh in, in self, uh, self awareness. Yeah. Well, this is the thing, man. I feel like the news cycle's probably been a little quiet. So he was like, Man, look, what kind of hot take can I come up with? Because you know, he always got something weird to say about the Bears. So now he's like, oh, let me let me try to raise the bar a little bit. Now let me let me poke the the the, the fan base when they come to their beloved quarterback. That's all this shit is, man. He trying to get people to talk about him. You know what I mean? Clickbait. That's what we're looking at for us. Clickbait on the yeah, guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he, just, he just want people to talk. He just want people to talk about, but they could tune in. His ratings may be falling or something like that. You never know what these guys do. The shit that they do. 
Yeah, you're right about that, Perez. And we know Justin Fields is probably one of, let's be honest, a popular player in the NFL. Let's talk about NFL, not just with the Bears. I think he is popular. So with that, you want to attack somebody, you attack a Justin Fields, I'm quite sure people are going to tune in and want to hear what you got to say about it, right? Like, whoa, you say he's what? Let me hear what you got to say. Not saying you're right, but to hear what you got to say. And, and to give the audience a little bit of, of color around why Colin Cowherd made his comments about Justin Fields. Justin Fields put himself in the list of the top five running quarterbacks list of all time, right? So on that list, you got guys like Lamar Jackson, Cam Newton, Michael Vick, and Steve Young. And Justin Fields put himself in that list. And, yeah. Colin, Cow and Colin Cowherd had something to say about that, which in my opinion, when I look at that list, I'm like, what did he say wrong? That's what I'm looking at. Let's get the facts together. You give Lamar Jackson his props, right? I give you get Cam Newton his props. Okay. Now let's get a little shorter afterwards, bro. Of course, Vic, you know. Now you're thinking about, okay, who really can run that thing, you know? You got to add Justin Fields to that, man. He can really run it. And we he proved to be, what, last year to hit the mark, what, the second best quarterback for, for rushing yards. He's done it after Lamar Jackson, you know? So it's like he achieved a milestone that some of these other quarterbacks have not achieved. What he was also saying, Dub, is Justin Fields as a quarterback is 5-20. and 20. And he's saying that he's closer to a bust than he is a star. But for Wait me, the way, the way that I look at it, though, is we ain't about to put all the struggles of the Chicago Bears franchise on one guy. Right. And that's what he's doing. It's a team sport, man. It's a team sport. We need every piece to operate, not just the quarterback to win. Come on, man. You should know that. Coleman, come on, man. You, you watch the NFL. You see how it works. Got the offense side and defense side, you know? You need more than just a quarterback to win the league. Come on, man. We don't have to tell you that. The, the, the thing that really got under my skin about this whole discussion that he had on his show was he had the nerve to compare Justin Fields to Johnny Manziel, Baker Mayfield, wow. and Jameis Winston. Wow. Really? <laughs> Johnny Manziel is a slap in the face, bro. Yeah. That's a <laughs> yeah. Fucking Johnny football. Johnny fucking out of the fucking NFL. Fuck out of here. You over there, right. that guy? <laughs> Baker Mayfield, he can't stay with the team. What team is Baker Mayfield on this week? You know what I'm saying? He, <laughs> you keep going. Basically, don't play for every damn team in the NFC. Pretty much. Pretty much, man. You can't and do he, just the feels like that. And then you going to mention his name with Jameis Winston. Come on, bro. Come on, man. I'm sorry. Come on. That's that's That ain't cool. Even for you, Colin Coward, that's low. <laughs> I don't mind if the criticism is fair. I, I give people props, bro. The criticism is fair. It makes sense. I get it. But these names he put on that list, bro, I'm like, whoa, whoa. Come on now. You ain't see this from Justin Fields last season. You ain't see how the kid grew up before our eyes. Come on, man. Give him some credit. Now, what they know, because to your point, Justin's not above any sort of criticism because we know heading into his third year in the NFL, there are areas that he needs to improve upon. He'll right. be the first to admit it, too. We've talked about it on the show. Yep. Whenever I've seen Justin Fields get on the mic, the guy's been humble. He's got a quiet confidence about himself. And I don't think that he's ever said anything that I've walked away from thinking, well, Justin Fields got a little bit of an ego problem. I ain't never felt that way about him. I just thought in this discussion, he was basically letting people know, I think that I'm solid when you think about running quarterbacks. And, I, and that's the first time I've ever heard Justin even say anything with any sort of hint of having an ego. Right. But most of the time, Justin's always deflecting and talking about wanting to win and talking about what he needs, what he needs to do to get better and talking about the big picture. So that's the thing. It's like, Colin, you just heard him say one little thing and you're running with it. 
but you got to understand the player. Us here right. in Chicago, we see this guy week in and week out. We see the work that he puts in. We hear how he is with the media. We hear what his teammates have to say about him. They love the and respect the work and how he's bringing everybody together. So you right. just can't say something about somebody because they had one little uh, interview that you didn't like something that they said. Get get over it. Right. I don't like your show. What about it? Nobody. <laughs> hey, you so. spot on, man. And, and, and the thing is, he didn't only say one thing about our boy Justin Fields. I mean, he went on, man, talking about, you know, I was always been 60-40 with the guy. Now I'm pulling back 5%. I mean, he just went too far, Chris. And I'm like, man, dude, give our boy Justin Fields a break, man. And you hit on all the good things, the positive about Justin Fields that everybody's been talking about, Chris, and how Justin Fields looks at himself. So with that, it tells me Colin has not done his homework on Justin Fields. Well, those national guys never do. They just run their mouths. You know what I mean? Because, because at the end of the day, man, on a national basis, they're not going to take a deep dive into a player. They're going to look at it from a, a thousand-foot viewpoint. And that's what he's doing. He heard something that the guy said, and then he went after it. It's a questionable take. And it's a yeah. thing. I know that these guys, they get paid for the hot takes. But that's why I don't respect that level of media. I don't respect that type of media. Because you're yeah. doing this shit, and you he probably don't even feel that way, Dub. Right. You know <laughs> he know that he was, when he said that shit, he's like, yeah, I don't believe this shit. I'm just saying this shit to get everybody all fucking fired up. He knows what the fuck he's doing. Right. He, you better know, Perez, because you say lack self-awareness. I think, to me, it's like you're taking a personal shot at someone's character, right? Like, you don't know a guy well enough to say he lacks that, right? How, how could you tell off of one little small comment? Really? I mean... To me, I thought it was a personal shot. And, and to your point, I hope he didn't really mean what he said. <laughs> but you never know with these cats, man. You never know with these cats. But we know here in Chicago, for us to take the next step, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later on in the show, just to feel a big part of what we need for us to take that next step, right? Yep. Running the ball, he did great things there. But we need to see some strides there in the passing game, right? And we heard some some talk there when it came to Justin and and the Bears passing record and he's kind of eyeing that and, and and for me when I see that dub I'm like yes I would love to see that crush Absolutely. that fucking record because you think about it four thousand passing yards maybe a thousand rush yards from your quarterback damn that's MVP conversation right well I don't I don't even want no thousand rushing yards uh dub let's uh let's let Herbert <laughs> Johnson and Foreman, let, let, let's let's let them do that. But you know what? I like where you was at with the four thousand passing yards. If Justin go about four or five hundred rushing yards, I'm good there. I'm good there. That'd be dope too, bro. We'll take that as well. We'll take but it. To the, but to the point that you were saying, though, the Bears have never had a four thousand yard passer. That's insane. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's that's crazy in today's time and how important the quarterback is and. We never cracked 4,000 yards, man, as uh, passing yards. That's rough. That is rough. It tells you what we've had at the Hams, you know, uh, run the show. And I think um, hopefully that's changed. Hopefully Justin Fields can show us that, hey, we got this going forward. And you got to think about the numbers that it would take for him to eclipse that. 236 passing yards per game is what he would need to hit 4,000. And just to think a Bears quarterback hasn't hit that. Eric Kramer was the closest to it. He had 38-38 in 1995. 19-fucking-95, A-Dub. Wow. 95, bro. <laughs> 95. 
half my listeners probably weren't born until that time, bro. <laughs> <laughs> probably not, shit. Right. Probably not. And then your, right. boy, and your boy Jay Cutler, he was close as well, 38-12 in 2014. But you already know how I feel about Cutler. But. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? He was poor, polarizing, man. Jay Cutler, I think, what killed it for me, and I know audience, I'm getting off track, but just because Jay Cutler's name came up here, but then I brought him up, but it was an NFC Championship game, and I know people go, they going to fucking probably come for me for this shit, but that is what did it for me. I used to defend Jay Cutler to the ends of earth, but he broke my heart, man, when uh, he finished that NFC Championship game. Yeah. I know people was like, hey, Prince, he tore a ligament. I'm like, but haven't there been quarterbacks that play with, like, torn ACLs and torn NCLs? Not saying that you should do that. But I'm like, hey, that was the biggest game of your career, man. It really was. It ain't got that big sense. <laughs> so it's always all down here pretty much from there. But you're right, Prince. That's a game I would have hoped they would have finished, you know. And I know people are going to say this about me. I thought Cutler was a little tougher than that. That's all I'm saying. Well, and he was, because, I mean, you know, you saw how he was taking all those shots and the offensive line was trash. You know, we – listen, I mean, you had fucking Jamarcus Webb as the damn left tackle. And I'm not trying to take shots at anybody on this show. But Jamarcus Webb, come on. What's he doing right now? What are you doing right now? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. <laughs> I mean, some would argue, like, Prince, what are you doing right now? Well, I'm talking shit about Jamarcus Webb. What about you? <laughs> but, but I but, can't. But, but back to Justin Fields, though, man. I think if we could get Justin Fields in that type of a category, man, a 4,000-yard passer and above, that's bringing the Chicago Bears into the 21st century, man, when it comes to what other teams are doing offensively. And I know that we want our – I know that a lot of us Bear fans, our diehard Bear fans, we want that identity for the Bears to be on defense. I know I do. But I would not be upset. If Justin Fields in that office said, not so fast, guys, not so fast. But if he cracked 4,000 yards, Briz, you know that's exceeding expectations because most people don't even think he can do that, honestly. So if he's able to show that type of ability, bro, that type of growth in a passing game, I mean, that's huge, man, huge. And I don't even know. I've talked about it before. The supporting cast that Justin Fields has this season is the best that he's had since he's been a starter. The offensive line looks improved. Dude, there's nothing holding him back, in my opinion, from fucking taking a monster step in 2023. I'm all for it, bro. If he take that big of a step, that big of a leap, I'm all for it. Because that now it quiets a lot of these people like Colin and all these other people out there who've been talking trash about him, you know, for the past couple of seasons. So that's what it does for me. So if he's able to show that ability press, I'm all for it. And to your point, the weapons he has, it's possible. It's definitely is possible. No, it's definitely possible. All right, now, audience, we're going we gonna to take a quick diversion here because, A-Dub, I did want to, on the eve of training camp, starting to kick off, we have rookies reporting on Saturday. We've talked about competition so much this offseason. As you look ahead, are there any veterans on this roster right now that you're looking at and saying, this guy might be in danger of being a potential cut. Who's that guy? That one guy for me is Dante Pettis. Now, look at this Bears team, how low they are at the wide receiver spot. Equinemius St. Brown, mm -hmm. Tyler Scott. That. Yep. 
DJ Moore, Claypool, Money Moon. <laughs> Dante, where the hell you really fit in that? And I can't even say that, hey, you want to have the punt return job because Tyler Scott can be the guy that takes that job. So I hope so. I hope so. Where does this leave you, Dante Pettis? Where? It's tough. It's going to be tough for him, man. It's going to be really tough for him. So I can see a guy like him they can possibly move on from, bro. You know, A-Dub, I mean, that to me is, is somebody that wouldn't surprise me whatsoever. The fact that Dante Pettis got brought back, I was surprised. Mm-hmm. Because there were some times last year I was like, get that guy off my fucking team, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but, right. But you but you brought up the point with Equinemia St. Brown. He's a guy that this team really values, especially what he could do in that run game. Hell of yep. a blocker. You know what I mean? Justin likes him. You know, they got a good rapport. He understands the office from playing in the office when he was with the Packers. So he's shown you that he's got value there. He's valuable as far as probably being able to help Scott get up to speed within the system. So Equinemia St. Brown, he's not going anywhere. So no. when you mention a guy like Dante Pettis, he's going to have to do some exceptional things this summer if he wants to keep that job. Ooh, it's going to be tough, man. It's going to be tough, you know, because we already know who the horses are. And my boy Money Moon, you and I talked about already, got a chip on his shoulder. He's going to be ready. You know, it's like, hey, Dante, they're going to make it very difficult for you, man, to even get out on the field, bro. My, it was tough because it's a, it's a couple guys. Right. I mean, low-hanging fruit, trusted Abner, running back. I just don't see how he's going to make this team. I, nah. I just really don't. <laughs> I mean, when they drafted him, A-Dub, I think they hoped that he would have been able to make an impact on special teams Yeah, and, and kind of take advantage of his opportunities. It just didn't happen. You know what I mean? Now, he did make some splash plays in practices that I saw. He made a couple plays in preseason. But when it came down to it, I just didn't think that he did enough. And then you saw what the Bears did this offseason or what they did with that running back room. Oh, man. <laughs> so, I mean, he's got an uphill battle. But he's not even the guy that I'm even going to select here. That's just a low-hanging fruit one. That's just one that everybody probably thought about. Like, yeah, trust that. Right. But I'm, I'm going Alex Leatherwood. Ooh, we Talk to me. So, now, you guys know when the Bears went out and got him off of waivers. We were all were kind of intrigued. We were like, ooh, that's nice, you know. Former first-round pick from Bama, got that pedigree. Things hadn't worked out for him in the league, but we thought, get him here to Chicago. Let's, you know what I'm saying, get under the hood a little bit. Let's see what's, you know, let's see what's really going on with the guy. Right, right. right. Well, it's just tough because I feel like they could have just let the guy get out to waivers and they could have signed him to a cheaper contract because they're on the hook for quite a bit of money on the guy. And things just got off to a really bad start as soon as he got here. Yeah. Remember that? He he got mono, missed all that practice time. And then I feel like here in Chicago, they're trying to figure out what's his position, right? Bouncing from the outside to the inside, right? Is he going to be a guard? And then when you look at the offensive line, you see the upgrades that they made. Right. So now I look at it like, you got people that now have passed you up. (laughs) So it don't really matter where they put him. If you put him at tackle, he's still going to be behind people. If you put him at guard, he's still going to be behind people. So at this point, I think that he's also facing an uphill battle. And it's crazy because they're on the hook for a lot of money for him. So Ryan Poles, he definitely wants it to work out. But it's just like, I don't know, man. That's going to be a very expensive backup. Yeah, it is, bro. And to your point, Prince, I feel like that's not enough room for him, man. And um, 
Last season, I, I thought I thought he was a guy that could come and show us a lot, Perez. But to your point, it didn't happen at all, man. And now he's in this pickle right now. And I kind of feel bad for him because he's somebody I really was rooting for and wanted to see go out there perform, man, and be a big part of what we're trying to do on the O-line. But now, with the room we have now, with the players, the moves we made, man, you you now, you at risk of even having a gig, man. So it's tough, man. And I kind of feel bad for a guy like him, though. Yeah, so, I mean, we'll see. But that's just, from my opinion, with, with us being on the eve of training camp, those are just a couple of guys that I'm going to be really kind of looking at when we're down at Hallis Hall and when the preseason slate starts. I'm going to really be seeing, like, okay, what type of reps are they getting? What type of opportunities are they getting? What are they doing with the reps that they get, right? So, you know, right. we would love for you guys to hit us up and let us know if you have any veterans on this team that you think could be surprise cuts because this team is loaded. Now, I know people on the outside looking at it and be like, the Bears loaded, you, you, you're a <laughs> homer. All right, you know what I'm saying? We're going to get the last laugh because I feel very confident about this team this season. I really do. This team is going to be different than last season. I know y'all tired of hearing that too. But I really believe it's not going to be last season. Okay, well, I mean, you would think about it, A-Dub. Last season, when it came to a close, that roster, man, it was it was off. Right. 3-14 and 14 season, players injured, Justin Fields banged up. It was just like we were, like, just kind of looking around like, man, what, what is going on? But then Ryan Poles, I thought, has had a hell of an offseason. He has restored faith that a lot of us, are kind of walking around right now with a little bit of a little little pep in our steps. So we're like kind of like, hey, you know what? Hey, there might be a couple tweaks that this team needs to make. And we think that they could be right up there with your Lions and the and your Vikings of the world. Cause I know everybody's got those two teams where they like, oh man, those are the teams to beat in NFC North. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. Just don't sleep on the Bears because dub, like I said, this episode today, we're gonna talk about keys to resurgence. You guys already heard us talk about Justin Fields. That's one piece of the puzzle. Chris, this resurgence, part of it, that we're going to need to happen, bro, and I'm going to say it. I know you probably don't want to hit this from me because I've been a fan. But cool hand Luke, Getsy, your play calling is going to be critical this coming season. <laughs> it's going to be critical, Chris. We're going to have to have some good balance, as you talked about our running game, get it what our running backs we have now. We got wide receivers now. How you call this shit is going to be very important. You're going to have to be able to put Justin Fields in situations to explode, to be explosive, to be great. This falls on your hand because now the excuses are getting limited and limited. And now with this team we have offensively, I don't think you have any excuses, none. So your play call, how you balance out the run game versus the passing game, going to be critical. And you know what? That's a good point because with Getty, we talked about it earlier. The wide receiver group is probably the strongest group on this roster right now. Yep. Justin Fields has not had these many type of weapons. When you look at the offensive line, obviously that wide receiver group. Look at the running backs. They got a nice little solid stable of running backs. Yeah. The tight end room is, is much improved. My whole thing is Ryan Poles has removed all excuses. From Luke Getz. I'm gonna let you get away with calling him Cool Hand Luke A Dub. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm on I'm on both of y'all asses because <laughs> he better not fuck this up. Because I know y'all are buddy buddy and you see a bowl taking pictures and shit and all this other nonsense. 
Luke is my guy. He's my guy, man. But like Perez said, hey, look, I'm still, I, I have no bias in this. He got to go out there and perform, man. You got to go out and coach your ass off because now this is the time. Because I know on the outside looking in, there's a lot of people, they just don't know what to expect when it comes to this Bears team. They're like, okay, we know Justin Fields. Everybody's hyping him up. We saw that he could run the football very well. But on the outside looking in, most people are still like, he can't throw the football. And there's a lot of doubters, right? And okay, fine. Y'all doubt away. But for the people that follow this team, that cover this team, that know this team, we know, man, that this thing right now is set up for it to just be a fucking explosion. True. And I think that it's huge that you brought up Luke Getz's name because he is very – I think he was also one of your most important Chicago Bears for the season. And I agree with it when you said it. Yeah, man, we're going to really need this guy to show us something, Perez. We really are, man. And, and to your point, these excuses are taken away from you. You just got to go out there, man, and show why we got you to begin with. So, Luke, you got to go out there and make Justin Fields look great because that last season I felt like Justin Fields bailed you out. A lot 100%, of times. 100%. 100%. Talk so him. now you got to return the favor. <laughs> Bail out our quarterback. Put him in a good situation. Call some great plays. I want to see some passes made to DJ Moore downfield. Son the money move as well. I want to see Komet get involved heavily in his offense as well. I want to see some shit that people can look and say, whoa, I didn't see that coming. That's what I want to see more from um, Cool Hand Luke. He got to show us things like that, Perez, where it hits you like, whoa, we got the defense caught him snoozing, caught him lacking. And that's what we're talking about, man, having that IQ and help your quarterback get to that level as well and do some things like that. That's what we're looking for in Chicago. One of the things that Justin Fields said this week that really got it caught my attention, A-Dub, is he talked about wanting to make this offense his. Mm. And I said, you know what? I like where this kid's going. You know what I mean? Because he said, hey, this is a very exciting time right now. Because all the new pieces that they have on the team that you and I have talked about, we don't even have yep. to go into that right now. But you have a guy, Justin Fields, who's been here through the Matt Nagy nonsense, right? Right. He's seen what it's like when it's dysfunctional. Now he's in a situation where he's finally being set up for success, right? Where right. it doesn't it doesn't look like his organization is working against him, like it looked <laughs> like it did in the past. But the culture, you got to think about it. When Iberfus came in here. He changed the culture. We know what the culture was under the last coaching staff. We don't have to get into all that. Right. But when Matt Eberflus came in, he quickly changed that shit, man. Changed the trajectory of this franchise. We were better for it, man. When we turned the page, a lot of those guys that was on the team, when they played with Nagy, they were quick to say, yeah, some of the stuff that we put up with in the past, coach staff don't put up with that shit now. Yeah. So when I see a guy like Justin Fields – Taking that leadership, that's leadership, taking command, saying, I want to make this my offense. Well, in order for us to be resurgent in 2023, Justin Fields is going to have to make this his offense, but it's also going to be very important for Luke Getze to make sure that he's putting things into play that work for Justin. Put things in play that make sure that he's comfortable, that we're getting the most out of him, that's maximizing what he can do best. And that's what we have to do. Luke, <laughs> have to do that, man. Get the most out of his players. Not just Justin Fields, right? You write those others out there who's going to be supporting the supporting cast. They got to be able to execute as well. And I think this is where Cool Hand Luke have to figure it all out for us. From quarterback to wide receiver, bro. Got to figure it all of it out.
And I just like how he's been working with his teammates. He's spent time with Cole Komet here locally. He had the wide receivers together down in Miami. They held a workout. Mooney was there. Moore, Komet, Chase Claypool. I know everybody won't talk shit about Chase, but he was getting that work in in Miami. Yes, sir. Equinemius St. Brown. They even had the Brook out there, Tyler Scott. I don't see Dante Pettis' name on this list. <laughs> hey, Dante may see the right in the wall. Like, uh-oh, I don't fit in with this unit. Not this group, but it is what it is. But to your point, man, it shows what Justin Fields has been doing with getting, building chemistry, you know, rapport with these wide receivers. And I'm saying that's one of the reasons why I have optimism. He's been putting work in, not just himself working with QB gurus, working with his QB coach, fixing his mechanics. There's been so much about him when I'm watching the way he's throwing the football now. And if you look at the film of how he threw the ball last offseason, right. where his where the ball is, right, where the, how his eyes are positioned down the field, he's changed so much about his delivery. These are things that, like, just the average fan's probably not paying attention to. But just I want people to just think about these things. The right. attention to detail that this kid has put in right now, just on himself. We ain't even talking about the work that he's done with his teammates of getting that chemistry down. The work that he and DJ Moore have done to make sure that they have that rapport and chemistry. A.W. and I always joke about how Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, they didn't, they had so many nonverbal cues that they could just look over and then D- Devontae's like, okay, I'm going to run the slant. I'm going to run right. the beat. Yep. That is the type of shit that you want Justin Fields and DJ Moore to be able to evolve into. And that's why it's so important that they're putting this work in. That Justin Fields wants this offense to be his. That he's taking command. He's taking leadership. Because honestly, if he don't take control of it, then we're not going to go anywhere in 2023. And you wonder why the guy's talking about 4,000 passing yards. This is why. <laughs> you explain all of it, Prince. The work he's putting in, man. How better? How much better he's gotten from last season to this season, you know? And to the point that Justin Fields has recognized his own improvements, bro. So if that's the case, it's like, hey, I can do this. We can do this. Now, another guy that I think, just from some of the stuff that I saw picture-wise, Darnell Mooney, when he was down there working out in Miami, hey, that dude looking like a bodybuilder out there. Now, he attacked his, <laughs> he attacked his rehab. That boy, he looked like he ready. He looked like he ready. That's what I'm and, talking about. And that excites me, man, because if him – and Chase Claypool could be those compliments that you and I have talked about before. But if they could be those compliments to a DJ Moore, my goodness, my goodness. If Darnell Mooney can be healthy this season, man, and can go back to playing at a position that suits his skill set, mercy. It's open, baby. Let's get it back. <laughs> I hope so. I hope for your sake, A-Dub. I want you to be able to talk about the bank. I really do, man. You know what I'm saying? I know people was like, man, Prez, you were mean. You you never want the bank to be up. But listen, you don't think that I want the fucking Bears to win? Right. <laughs> Y'all crazy. But I had to make sure that my boy Dub knew, no, no, no. No, right. no, no. Uh-huh. Y'all don't have the right permits. No, this is not over. <laughs> permits, bro? <laughs> yeah, no permits. No permits, man. We got to uh, get our shit in order, man. We got to, yeah, bro. You got to get it in order. But there that's yeah, listen. But that's why you and I are here because we gonna we gonna tell people like it. Ti is, but yes, sir. 
in addition to like a Darnell Mooney and a Chase Claypool, which I think are going to be even bigger keys to the success. Obviously, Justin Fields, and we talked about how he's wanting to make this his offense. But the offensive line, A-Dub, and we've talked about this, but we need these pieces to fit. We need to the point that you made last week when you talk about a Tevin Jenkins, right? Moving over there to left guard. How is that symmetry going to be between him and Braxton? Yeah. But then also on the flip side, Nate Davis with the rookie Darnell right next to him. How's that going to work out? We got a lot of moving pieces. And their first season together at that, right? (laughs) With the moving pieces. So it's like, hey, with Darnell Wright and your boy, man, I I hope Nate and Nate Davis can really work it out, bro. But to your point, man, I don't know yet. I think they can do it, Brass. But, man, that shit got to work. It got to work, man. Well, I I tell you one thing, A-Dub. On paper, now, I know you ain't winning games on paper, right? But on paper, this is a pretty solid line, and I, I think a lot of people, Dub, they forget that Cody White here, when he plays center, he had All Pro honors back in 2018. Now I know this is 2023. I know all this. I know what fucking year it is. But what I'm trying <laughs> to say is, the last time my man was at that position, he wasn't so bad. No, not at all. So time will tell. But I tell you what, thing, man, if this offensive line can hold up for Justin and give him time with those weapons that A-Dub and I just continue to talk about because we're so excited. Because, like, honestly, Justin Fields has not been set up for success here in Chicago. Not at all. He had better receivers at Ohio State than he did his first fucking two years in the league. <laughs> right. So now this year, man, he's got competent NFL quality wide receivers. You know Justin, man, secretly, quietly, privately is probably so fucking happy, man. So happy. Yeah, I won't be surprised if Gary Ryan pulls a hug. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, man. Appreciate it. And that takes a lot of pressure off my boy Money Moon, for sure, now. You know, that hey, be a player. Just be a player. Go out there and do your thing. You got DJ Moore right there on the other side who's going to command a lot of attention, man. So you can just go out there and do your thing. The last thing that I wanted to touch on before we get out of here when it comes to the possible resurgence of the Bears this season is when you look at this roster, another thing that Ryan Poles did a great job was, another thing that Ryan Poles did a great job with, A-Dub, is speed. If you look at this roster, man, (laughs) you got burners on both sides of the fucking, on both sides of the field. Not just that wide receiver group, man, but shit, if you look defensively, the linebackers can move. It's true. T.J. Edwards, Jermaine Edmonds. Hey, man, that's some improvement there, bro. I like what I see. What we had last year when they traded Ropon, what we have. And you know, you guys know I love Sanborn. eh? This ain't too worth Sanborn. But I'm like, what we had over there? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) We had Nicholas Morrow. We was all trying to – we were trying to make Nicholas Morrow something that he just wasn't. He was serviceable. That's it. That's really what he was for us. Nothing special, man. And – I'm glad Ryan Pohl saw that because he did put out there and made some changes. He realized the importance that, hey, we got to do something about those linebackers, man. We got to. And with these new additions, man, with TJ, Tremaine, I expect a lot out of these guys. I think they're going to do very well for the Chicago Bears. No, I, I think so as well. But like I said, man, speed has been a, just a, a premium, man. We're going to see it yep. out there. When we get to Hallis Hall, we're going to see it in the preseason. It's going to fucking just show up on the field, man. Justin Fields. And the deep ball, and we talk about Ooh. it so much on this show, man. But man, 
Defenses, y'all better get ready. Y'all gonna have to stand cover too, fucking around with us. Hey, for real. Yeah, because we got to take the top off. Hey, man, I'll tell you something. This is gonna make some guys improve quickly, man. My boy Kyler Gordon gonna have to improve quickly. Like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Because I mean, Tyler Scott, those boys, man, like you said, these guys got speed with DJ Moore, Money Moon. They coming, man. You gotta step your game up, bro. Trying to contain those type of players. And don't forget about Claypool. That's another 4-4 four, four guy. Yeah. Speed kills. Speed <laughs> kills. Beep, beep. Motherfucker, it's, it's coming. <laughs> hey, it's open. The guy's open, man. There's too many weapons out there. So this secondary going to have to work, boy. They got their work cut off trying to um... – See, you brought up a, a really good point that I don't think a lot of people are talking about. We're talking about it on one side about how the speed's going to really be advantageous for us going against opposing NFL defenses, but think about how it's going to help Jalen Johnson, Tyreek Stevenson, Kyler Gordon, Eddie Jackson, and, J and Jaquan Brisker, how it's going to help them get ready for the season. True. So this thing is going to be twofold. But it also is going to be really key to watch these battles, watch offense versus defense. Because you know the defense has a lot of pride. You got a guy like Eddie Jackson talking that good talk right now. He ain't going to just be out here just letting guys run by him. So it's gonna be real interesting. I can't wait to see some of these battles unfold in camp. And you got and to your other point, Perez, you brought up this last week about Brisker, <laughs> how good he is, and how much better he's gonna be the next following season. You're right. These players play with pride, man. So when we look at the fact that our safeties with Eddie Jackson and Jaquan Brisker, man, those dudes gonna hurt something, man. <laughs> they got a lot to play for. So I'm telling you, man, it's gonna be nice. And like you said, the practices are gonna be fantastic but it's going to be a lot of learning going on on both sides. And I think we all here for the shit. No, we definitely are here for it. And I can't wait. So audience, stay tapped in with A-Dub and I. We're going to have you guys covered on all things Chicago Bears training camp. She, we may have to podcast a couple times a week during the, the, the course of training camp. And you know what I'm saying? I know my boy A-Dub is down. I'm down. This is our favorite time of the fucking season. Yep. It's love. Love, love that shit, man. I love being out there. And you know what? That's the only time where I'm not complaining about the heat. The only <laughs> time I'm not complaining about the heat, dog. Now, once have you complained, bro, during this time frame. So you're right, man. We're going to enjoy it. Yes, sir. Well, audience, as always, we appreciate your continued support of this platform and for helping make us a top 10 Chicago Bears podcast. We're going to talk to y'all probably later on this weekend and give you guys a little insight into Bears training camp. But until then, we are out.